Next on BYU Sports Nation, spring football is over. What did we learn at the spring game, and who will the starting quarterback be? Head coach Kalani Satake stops by Studio B to recap spring, and how much stock does he put into scrimmage performances? Plus, how soon will Tanner Mangum be 100%? He'll tell us. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, April 9th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is getting out of the way of his mother-in-law. So I'm teamed up with father of four, Jason Shepard. That's right, father of four, about to move into a, uh, a place that only has three bedrooms. With, uh, with six of you. With six of us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be perfectly fine. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's temporary. For six months. Building a new home. Yes, we're building a new this home cool. down, uh, down this way. In Utah County. In Utah County, County. yes. You're I'm, out of Pac-12 country. I'm very excited. You're going to be in West Coast Conference I will country. be an independent country. Uh, but I'm very excited that my commute to and fro... We'll go from 45 minutes to an hour one way down to like 15 minutes one That's way. great. It's going to be awesome. That's very But, yes, exciting. father four in that tight, cramped quarters, is, yes. it's going to be interesting. And the quarters are more cramped at the Linton home. Friday we told you Spencer and uh, his wife Brittany expecting a new baby girl. Oh. And Sailor Grace Linton is on the earth. Born Friday, 7 pounds, 14 ounces, 20 and a half inches. She runs a 28-minute uh, 40 at this point. <laughs> the broad jump, uh, not available, but uh, we are very excited for the Lentons. Number three, so you got Jet, or Jax, you got Jet, and now Sailor, the first girl. Congratulations to Spencer and Brittany and the entire crew. Yeah. As we have a new member of uh, BYU Sports Nation. Very exciting, very exciting to have a new little one in the family. Indeed. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Saturday was the final practice of BYU spring football, which I've deemed the fourth most popular sport at BYU behind the football season. Not fifth? Fall camp, men's basketball, and then spring football. Uh, It was wet. It was rainy. It was cold. Apparently you still uh, are cold from that uh, Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, as heard on BYU Radio. Mm -hmm. Based on what you saw Saturday, Jason... What do you know about this BYU team that you didn't going into that scrimmage? Um, okay, the first one is something that I assumed, but it kind of solidified it in my mind. Okay, uh, Zachary Katoa is BYU's starting running back. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. This, this way guy to, way is, to spoil a topic coming up. <laughs> this guy is so good. I was really impressed with him. I've been impressed with him all throughout the spring, mm. and he did not disappoint at all on Saturday. Also, the quarterback position. I don't know if people are really paying attention to what's going on with the quarterback. At BYU, at BYU, not really. No. Yeah, it's kind of sliding under the radar. Yeah, it's a defensive tackle yes. school. Joe Critchlow is more in the mix than I thought, and he looked really good mm. on Saturday. In fact, of all the quarterbacks, he played and looked the best. And it's not just because of the numbers that he put up, which were better than any other quarterbacks. He, he really looked good. The other thing that, that stands out to me Offensive coaches are in charge. They will not tolerate mistakes. They, th- this is a completely different environment offensively. That in the offensive coaches, they, they are the ones that are in charge of this. They're not letting anything go by the wayside. Even the little small details 
are, are, are being looked at, and if you don't do them right, you're going to do them again. And so that's something else that, uh, that just kind of came to my mind Saturday watching everything that was going on. It was very similar weather to last year's. Very much. And so it's interesting to compare the performance in said weather. BYU's offense did a nice job. They moved the ball, generally speaking. They got into the end zone a couple of times. Uh, three rushing touchdowns, a touchdown pass. More on some of the details of that in a moment. But I learned a few things. I learned that Joe Critchlow is right there with everybody else. Bo Hodge, good. Zach Wilson is as legit a prospective starter at quarterback as the others. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't have a ton of yards per se, but I thought he managed the offense well. He danced around, had a, a really nice run uh, for nine yards against the grain. He's got to work on looking downfield a little more, but he's got a shot to compete for the starting spot. Micah Simon is a good receiver. Had a 43-yard catch <laughs> down the field, one-handed. One-handed catch. Had a 20-yard touchdown catch in the end zone. Christian Falau is a linebacker. That's going to wreck some fools soon. Butch Powell told me that. That interview coming up tomorrow uh, on BYU Sports Nation. So, yeah, we learned some things. I thought, I thought it was good. Some guys sat out. You know, Tanner Mangum didn't participate in 11-on-11 right. due to the injury. Yep. Butch Powell didn't play a ton. Uh, Matt Bushman played sparingly. Sione Takitaki sparingly. So, it was good to see some of the other guys. It's funny that you mentioned Matt Bushman because every year there's a player who makes a name for himself based off of his performance in spring and then in the spring scrimmage. And last year, it was Matt Bushman. All he did was back that up during the season by being a freshman All-American. So, Jerem, who is your spring scrimmage MVP? It's Squally Canada because he found the end zone three times. Seven carries, 51 yards, 7.3 a pop. That's good, especially in the rain. Uh, three touchdowns, a long of 16 yards. There were other guys that maybe st- stole the spotlight for other other reasons. But in the red zone, Squally Canada scored three touchdowns. I mean, th- those, were, those were nice. An average seven yards carry. I'll take Squally Canada as the spring scrimmage MVP. See, I could have very easily gone with, uh, with my guy, Zachary Lapini-Katoa. Mm-hmm. I went with Joe Critchlow. I was really— You got the itch for Critch. I do. I'm trademarking that, by the way. Uh, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AP Joe Foe, we need to get that. May, that's, that I'm surprised he didn't tweet. Well, but here, she. Here's, the, here's what I, it, I came away with. Not only did he put up really good numbers, he was 9 of 12, 130 yards, and, and touchdown. But he looked extremely comfortable in the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and this was something that was discussed on the broadcast on BYU Radio and even was even asked uh, of Coach Grimes afterwards. Joe looked like a guy that had some starting experience. Joe looked like a guy. And he did. He had and three, he did. Games. He had three he games. finished last. as the starter. Yes. This was a guy that came out and looked like somebody who had reps last significant starting reps last year. So th- that stood out to me. I was very impressed with what I saw out of uh, Joe Critchlow. Joe Critchlow, comfortable in the president's office and in the pocket. <laughs> Jason, much has been made of the battle for starting quarterback, as we've been discussing. With Tanner Mangum out of 11-on-11 drills, we saw a lot of the itch for Critch, <laughs> Bo, Bo Hodge, and Zach Wilson. Jason, what does your post-spring BYU quarterback depth chart look like? Okay, as much as I liked, because Jeff Grimes is going to ask you what you think and probably make well, a decision it will based certainly off of weigh this. heavily into his decision. I'm sure, certainly, yes. Uh, I loved what Joe did, but for right now, I still think Bo Hodge is probably the leading candidate. If Sorry, who? Bo Hodge. I was hoping we'd play the draft. Bo Hodge. There it is. There you, it is. Thank you. Back. So uh, right now, I give it to Bo Hodge as as number one. 
Joe Critchlow, number two, Tanner Mangum, number three, and a lot of that is just because of the injury. Sure. Because he's not able to do the 11-on-11 like everybody else. 100%. And right. then Zach Wilson would be number four. But I'm with you. I mean, don't, don't discount Zach Wilson. Now, I mean, it, it would be surprising, I think, with the fact that this offense wants to get things going right out of the gate. It would be surprising to start a freshman, but it, it would not be crazy for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned that this is not – he doesn't look like a freshman quarterback. No, he he is very poised. But for right now, I go, I go Hodge, Critchlow, Mangum, Wilson. Here's mine, okay, on the depth chart. Mangum or Hodge or Critchlow or Wilson. I have no clue who the guy is right now. Take like, a stance. No, I did. All four are number one. BYU doesn't have to play right now. They play in several many days, which apparently we're getting to later, and I, I'm undecided as to whether I would join in on. Remember what you always say? Uh, this is an, an opinion, opinion show. On, yeah. Uh, have an opinion. I don't have one on this. How can we name one right now? I do not know who it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and It Tanner, doesn't matter. Why does it BYU's not playing until September? This doesn't matter right the now. The BYU quarterback position always matters. Naming the starter doesn't matter right now. <laughs> it's, it's you have many months. Plus, here's the thing. Okay, it, blind resume, right? Are you going to give the starting job to a, a walk-on? We don't know if Critchlow's on Scully or not. In the fall, there was this awkward conversation about whether he was on Scully. If he wins the starting job as a walk-on, that's a tremendous thing, right? If he's the best guy, he's going to get it. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff Grimes said, we don't care if you're a freshman or senior. I would add to that, I don't think they care if you're a walk-on or a scholarship player, just the best players play. Would you hand it to a freshman? When you have other guys, if all things are equal, if all things are equal, I don't think that a, that a freshman like Zach Wilson is going to get the starting spot initially. In fact, my hope, personally, is that BYU can redshirt Wilson and use him next year when Tanner Mangum has graduated and when then you, you open it up and you see what he can do. Starting a freshman, it, it, it's a thing that BYU could do, but against this schedule and this early and right out of the gate, I think I want a little more experience initially. Uh, initially. Yes, I agree. But one thing that you mentioned, and we've heard this from all of the coaches, Jeff Grimes included, and I, I, I take this at face value. I, I believe them when they say this. They're not worried so much about who's a freshman, who's a walk-on. They're going to play. If they see something out of a certain quarterback or, or any player at any position that they say, you know what, this guy's the best at that position, I truly believe that will be the player they go with. And I don't think that Zach Wilson has stuck out compared to his peers. I think he has been on their level, which is better than I thought he would be. Now, I think for a freshman to start, he's really got to stick out. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I think. Now, how does Tanner Mangum fit into this mix? Because he was injured, uh, you know, in, in November, and now he's coming back. He participated in spring ball way more than I think any of us thought. Here's what he told us Saturday after the scrimmage. Your first priority is just getting healthy, and uh, I'm you know, almost there. You know, just, 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 just a few more weeks till till I'm cleared fully, and so. Um, that's that's the main thing is and just getting my legs back getting my body right and um, making sure that, I, that physically I'm feeling good. A few weeks. So Tanner Mangum last year when this Achilles injury happened against Fresno State November 4th. I think we thought this could be a year man. It could be Six like months. end of the season. <laughs> I talked to him uh, you know off camera for a second. He said yeah not, nowadays like you can do it in six months. And I, so he may be a bigger factor in all of this than we think. Did, did Taysom Hill pass on the healing 
uh, powers? Like perhaps I don't know that it's powers. I think that it's medicine, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, medicine. All right. Since we're talking about depth chart at quarterback, how about we talk about depth chart at running back? The legend of Zachary Lapini Katoa continues. He looked really good. 17 carries for 86 yards. He's been a huge bright spot throughout the spring. We also saw a very strong day from Squally Canada with three touchdowns. Squally hard. Yes. What does your post-spring running back depth chart look like? Squally Canada, Zach Katoa, Riley Burt. Okay. But injured guys, Ula Tolutau, KJ Hall, Kavik Funua, they can factor in as well. So I I go Canada, Katoa, Burt for now. And Riley Burt, Jeff Grimes saw something. And Riley Burt that Ty Detmer did not, which is playing time. <laughs> Riley Burt is actually seeing the field, and he's a good change of pace guy. Katoa, 17 for 86, yep. as you mentioned. Squally Canada, we know what he can do. Three touchdowns is good stuff. That's that's what I have. But Tolotel, Hall, and maybe even Fonua, they factor in. Yeah, absolutely. You Look, to nobody's surprise, I have Katoa number one on my depth chart. I, 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 I sense a, a bit of a bromance yes, with Zach Katoa here. Possibly. And an offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, seems very high on the former American Fort Caveman as well. He's a, he's a great kid, really, really consistent, unbelievably coachable, and just got a tremendous work ethic. I love what he brings to the table for our team, and, and I think he's got a great future here. All right, so for me, number one, Zach Katoa. Number two, Squally Canada. Number three, Ula Tolatel. Those, those are my three for right now. Okay, we shall see with those injured guys. Spring ball is what it is, right? Some guys injured, uh, getting back from injuries in the fall. Fall camp is, uh, is a bigger deal. It's the number two sport of BYU, in my opinion. Followed by men's hoops. No offense to men's hoops. It's just spring ball is this big deal, right? I love them all. In the spring scrimmage, we saw some nice plays in the run game and down the field. Jason, right now, who's the top playmaker for BYU football? The best play we saw was the Micah Simon one-handed catch in that spring game. Fantastic. It was, it was fantastic. Right on the sideline. So good. I don't I want to sound like a broken record here, but I think the playmaker is Zach Katoa. Is it because he served his mission no! in Independence, Missouri, where no! he used to live? Does that have anything to no! do with that? No, that, I mean, that maybe endears him more a little bit, but <laughs> no, the guy is a stud. The guy's a stud. He's my playmaker. Micah Simon's my guy. 43-yard catch, as you mentioned, one-hander down the field. Incredible. Best play of the scrimmage. 20-yard TD catch. That was the only touchdown pass. Okay, touchdown catch. Showed some explosive playability last year. Don't forget. He had a 50-yard catch against Wisconsin, four catches of 30-plus last season. Micah Simon was the deep threat and is the deep threat for BYU. What role will Gunnar Romney have? What role will transfer from Hawaii receiver, whose name we can't say until BYU announces it, have on this roster as well? I think Micah Simon, as of now, is the top playmaker. Don't forget about Matt Bushman, though. Don't forget about some of these uh, injured running backs. Yeah, our question of the day is, what is your biggest takeaway from Saturday's BYU football spring scrimmage. We will get to some of your tweets coming up in just a little bit. But coming up, Tanner Mangum, as Jeremy has mentioned, says he's close to being cleared to play. What does that mean for him in the summer QB battle? We will hear from number 12 in a little bit. That's been a good jersey number for quarterbacks yes, at this school. And next, the head ball coach Kalani Satake is in studio. Was spring ball a success? And are we any closer to figuring out who the starting quarterback is? We will ask him coming up. At Dan underscore Smith for BYU weighs in on the uh, question of the day. Didn't see too much difference, difference, too many differences in the offense. Probably trying to keep it simple right now, but didn't really notice any immediate changes between this offensive scheme versus last year's. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I saw three fly sweeps, and that was very different from last year's. <laughs> so, I, yes, there are going to be differences. You better believe it. 
Coming up, as mentioned, the Tanner Mangum interview. Plus, there he is, the head ball coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. He's going to give us every answer that we want. Right, Kalani? (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming off a sweep at home over Santa Clara, BYU baseball travels to Portland on Thursday for a three-game series against the Pilots. All three games can be heard on BYU Radio. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter and Instagram. Question of the day, what's your biggest takeaway from Saturday's BYU football spring scrimmage at Skyler Beltran? Running game looks much improved, and Critchlow leading the quarterback battle. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. To answer some of the questions we have, uh, we welcome in the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, into Studio B. Kalani, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Good. Are you are you dry from Saturday yet? It was yeah, it was finally. Wild. Yeah, I got I was really wrinkly and everything, but um, someone gave me a wet towel to dry off with, and that was a cool joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was it was a good game. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, we had some obstacles to overcome with the with the wet and the, and the field and some slipping and everything but um probably just i said it before we probably just need to practice in the rain one one of these days and stop spoiling our kids by going to the indoor whenever the weather's not not the best so we know that you've had a chance to look over the film and kind of analyze what you saw on saturday what were your takeaways from the scrimmage um a lot of what we felt from you know from the uh after the scrimmage i, I I looked at the film and and uh, we were quite limited a little bit because uh, uh, with with some of the stuff we wanted to do offensively, we didn't want to show everything that we're going to bring into the game one. But um, we also wanted to see our guys compete and uh, wanted to see our O line uh, dominate up front, especially when we took guys like Corbin and uh, Kyrus and all those guys off of the line, you know. And um, uh, I think we also wanted to see some of our younger guys perform. Uh, we. Although I think we kind of kept things out on offense, on defense, we we pressured and we did a lot of different things just to give quarterbacks different looks. And I thought maybe we probably would have aired it out a little bit more had the weather been better. But um, in, in, in the end, I think it was it was a lot of good work for our guys and just confirmed what, how we've been feeling about spring uh, throughout the first 14 practices. Along those lines, how much uh, more weight do you give a performance by, say, an individual or even a group uh, or a side of the ball in a scrimmage like this versus, say, a regular practice? Um, well, I think you kind of look at all of it together, right? And so the, uh, I think the numbers just worked out where Joe threw the ball more than uh, than the other quarterbacks did, and, and he did a good job with with uh, the throws that he had. But I think in order to really evaluate it, you have to see how our, what the decisions were made uh, from our players when they were in there because we did a lot of things up front on line scrimmage, did a lot of audibling. Uh, we wanted to challenge our quarterbacks and make sure they, they – Give some hard counts and um, and get the play checked to the right plays or, or continue with what we had. And uh, overall, what we saw talking to Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick, uh, they made all the right decisions. And, and as far as setting up the right play and doing everything correctly pre-snap, and so that was from the beginning of the play to the end. Uh, really impressed with the younger guys that came in and and executed. And that's a huge co- compliment to their coaches and the preparation preparation our players put forth in getting this game going. You know, besides the quarterback. Position. There are a lot of other positions where there are guys fighting for time and you're trying to kind of see what's going to fit best. Did you get any clarity on any of the position battles through spring? 
Yeah, a little bit more, but I mean, I, I think uh, the goal defensively and offensively is try to get more than just 11 guys can play. And where we feel comfortable with uh, uh, depth-wise, having different guys step in the game and then having different, on the offensive side, having different personnel sets. Um, so being able to use two tight ends and use three three to four wide outs and in one play, you know, and then just kind of getting the organization of getting the game played. I uh, saw so the game, the, the play called in the game, and I think Grimes went upstairs and kind of tested out a little bit and um, had good good communication from the staff uh, to our our players, and they executed well. And I think there are a few mistakes here and there, but um, uh, not a lot from the, the the way our guys have worked on on the pre snap stuff and the auto making the audibles they did. Uh, the quarterbacks did everything correctly, and then, uh, you know, we had some good battles up front. But in competition, it, it just breeds better players. And so I feel a lot more comfortable now with the guys that got significant reps in not only just Saturday's practice, but also the other 14 before that. Head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, is on BYU Sports Nation. Was uh, Grimes being in the booth a one-off, or will it be on the field? Because at his press conference, he said, oh, I've been up in the box one-half my entire career, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... I think Micah Simon and those guys said that it was nice for him because he was dry, right? He's the only one that <laughs> he's the only one doing the interviews that didn't have to wipe his nose from all the rain that was leaking from their hats and everything. But um, I think he just wanted to see the point of view and get get a different because he's always been on the line, on the field, and uh, we have guys on on our staff that have done both, you know. And so for him to call the plays and be up in the booth, I think was important for him to get that experience right now. And, whether it's uh, he's up in the booth or, or Aaron Roderick or whoever's up there with them, uh, that's up to those guys to decide what's going to be the best and the most efficient way for our offense to perform. I thought all the quarterbacks looked really good. Joe Critchlow was really impressive in my mind. What what did you see in evaluating the quarterbacks and, and also in the discussions with Coach Grimes and A-Rod? What, what, did you guys, what have you guys discussed in terms of what you saw from the quarterbacks throughout spring? I think Aaron Roderick has done a great job preparing all the quarterbacks, you know, and so I, I judge a lot of our um, our position coaches on how good all of their players get and how much improvement they make. And uh, just from looking at, at the young freshmen, Stacey Connor and and uh, Beta Romney and, and Zach Wilson, seeing those guys step in and uh, from practice one to practice 15 made huge strides in their progression as a quarterback, you know, I, um, they took care of the football, which is number one to me, the most important thing for a quarterback to make the right decisions and, and take shots when they're there, but not to cost the team uh, turnovers. And, and not having turnovers was really nice for us. You know, I, the, On the other side of things, defensively, there are chances that we, I think we could have came up with some, but um, and maybe we could have generated more pass rush and get the quarterback to make mistakes. But we put them under some pressure. Uh, they were able to escape without without a lot of damage. The, quarter, the quarterbacks were, and they were live. I mean, they're... And in, in, in a lot of those snaps, if we would have done it the old way where you tag them, they would have been down probably half a dozen times. And so we were able to let them, guys like Bo and Zach and Joe and those guys extend the play a little bit more and make it more like a game-type situation, which is what all of our guys need to work at. And defensively, we need to work on scramble drill and all that stuff too. So uh, I think the team benefit from making the quarterbacks live and um, we were able to escape without um, without a lot of damage, you know, and uh, that, I think we got the most out of it with having those guys go live. I think we did it five times and not not too much damage, but we got a lot of progression and a lot of uh, good looks from the guys that can make decisions under pressure. So few injuries, if any? Yeah, we've had – I mean, I think this has been one of the cleanest spring balls and it's been also really um, physical. So uh, I can't say that they were injury-free, but there's a lot of guys that are hurt and banged up, and that's that's okay. That's They'll be fine. We have a really good sports medicine department that can take care of those guys. And 
Uh, but I think the, the growth that they made with all the physical part of the game has been really good for us and will pay off in, in the fall. From the defensive perspective, I know one of the things Coach Tuiaki was looking to accomplish was to, to play clean and clean some things up on Saturday. Overall, defensively, and, and a lot's been made of some of the positional changes, what's, what has been your opinion of the way that the defense has progressed? Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit slower because we took a lot of the starters out, and we've done that uh, the two previous spring balls, you know, in, in the spring scrimmage. And, and so um, I think uh, we saw some guys do well, and we saw some guys that, that need more work. And I would have to say up front, D-line-wise, um, we, we need to provide more opportunities for those guys to get depth and, and make plays for us, you know. But uh, we we feel really strongly about Corbin and, um, we were able to see some other guys like Devin Kofusi come up and, and, and make some plays. But, um, yeah, I, I've been really pleased with them. I, I would have to say defensively, we opened up the scheme a little bit more just so we can see, number one, to see how the quarterbacks react to pressure and see get different looks and be able to disguise defensively. And, and then on the defensive side, be able to see who, what our guys can do in different schemes. And, and in the past, we've used kind of like a, a dummy-down version of defense. And this, this week, we actually – ramped it up a little bit more, and this year we blitzed a lot more than we had in the past and didn't really create many turnovers or disruptive plays, which is not good, you know. So uh, in order for those guys, I mean, the, the guys that played Saturday are, are one injury away from being on the field, and so we need to improve. And I think they, they, they have, but not, not fast enough for me to feel comfortable. Kalani Sitake, the football coach here at BYU, heading into his third season at the helm, is in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. One guy defensively that really stuck out it was Christian Falau. Kind of what's his story and what are his expectations to uh, the defense this year? Well, he's a playmaker, and he's, he hasn't been home long from his mission, but uh, I, think, I think he's starting to get his legs back and starting to get, un- understand the, the scheme a little bit more. You know, he's been away from the game a little bit, but um, he is a big-time playmaker out of East High School, and uh, had some really great coaches coming up and, um, you know, has made some switches in recruiting as we went along, and I think he settled on the right place for him. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that gives us more depth there and gives us competition, and um, and, and he's being tutored really well by, by Butch and by Sionin, by the others, and Adam Pulsifer. So that's a really good group, um, and he, he got tons of reps, and you can see some of the production that he can provide. So um, there's a lot of guys that stepped up. I can't say – I know we have more than 11 that can play, but I, I don't know if we have more than 25. And so the goal in the next couple months is to get ready and make sure that we have more than 25 to play in the game. On each side of the on, ball? On de- I'm speaking defensively, defensively right now. Defensively. Offensively, I feel like we have a lot of good good parts to it. and um, you know We're, we're going to add um, Tanner to the quarterback uh, competition, but we're also adding Jaron Hall when he gets home from his mission. And, and, and uh, we'll add some O-linemen to, to you know beef it up a little bit more. And so – um, I, I think the pieces that are coming in can only help us. Are we closer to figuring out who the starting quarterback is after spring ball now? Um, after spring football, um, all 15 practices, I think we are, you know, and I think it's kind of narrowed it down a little bit more. But um, like I said, I just, there's two guys that are going to be joining the, the, the competition, and we'll, we'll see how it goes in spring, in, in the fall camp, and, and how it goes in the summer and through the player run practices and things like that. But I, I, th- I We'll have a quarterback ready, and hopefully we have more than one. <laughs> on right. September 1st. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't going to make a, a name a starter right now. so I was hoping you would. That would have made some headlines. It could have helped us out. <laughs> when we do, I'll come back on the show. You'll let us know. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, great. Right, you mentioned, you know, 
there's now several months before fall camp begins in early August. So what is the next couple of months like, not just for the players, but for you guys as coaches? Well, for coaches, we start focusing on spring recruiting. And so um, we're allowed to go out and recruit uh, starting April 15th until the end of May. And so that's what we'll, most of our time will be taken up with spring recruiting and evaluation time during that, during that period. Um, after that, we'll go into our, our sports camps, um, evaluating a lot of the recruits that are going to be coming in to our, our football camps. And then, um, then we'll have a little break in July and get ready to go in August for, for fall camp. What did you think of your boy Tony Finau's performance in the Masters? Yeah, did first a ever on a, on a bum yeah. ankle. Yeah, I've, I've known Tony since he was little. You know, him and his, his brother Gipper were always uh, in Rose Park hitting balls, and, and so I'm connect. I know their family real well, and, and I'm proud of them. And so, um, yeah, I, I was impressed with all the the tan lines <laughs> that everyone got from their from their hats. You know, so I'm going to yeah. work on getting one of those. Yeah. Make myself look like a golfer, but. Did you have golfed with him when you were little? Did you? No way. Or lucrative no, profession? No. I, if, <laughs> if if you could eat a hot dog at every hole, then I'd be a great. <laughs> so. We do think of him as an honorary BYU Cougar, though. Offer yeah. Scully here. Yeah, and he's yeah. Polynesian, so I, you know, we're all. I mean, we claimed Tiger Woods until two and Tony Finau came along, and because all we had was VJ Singh before that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Finau making waves. He did a, a nice job. Well, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Spring football in the books. Good luck uh, with recruiting here. Thank you. Appreciate all the support. But first, how many days until BYU plays Arizona? Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 145. You have a countdown clock. <laughs> this Kalani laughs at us. <laughs> I don't think he could hear the music, so we're just like blurring He's like, out what? 145. Yeah. For- I was going to harmonize it with you. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, you got to give time. me a countdown. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on <laughs> that. We'll give you a countdown to the countdown. <laughs> okay. Just do it. Yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do Thanks. the tenor part. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, uh, Jason typically does the uh, falsetto. I do the falsetto. Way up high. Yeah. yeah you know, I would have yeah, guessed that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Coming up. How close is Tanner Mangum to being able to go 100%? He tells us a little bit later on in the program. And Kalani, and can Kalani Satake actually sing? We'll discuss coming up. And baseball coach Mike Littlewood called the Santa Clara series a must-sweep series. Did the Cougars deliver? We'll tell you. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Someone has to push the buttons. We're also on demand Anytime, anywhere. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Spring Football comes to a close in a scrimmage at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. It was a rainy afternoon. If you went, hopefully you took an umbrella. Underclassmen Joe Critchlow and Zach Katoa both shined. Critchlow, 9 for 12, 130 yards passing and a touchdown. Zach Katoa, 86 yards on 17 carries. Freshman quarterback Zach Wilson, 25 yards rushing, 29 yards passing. And Squally Canada, three rushing touchdowns. It was a fun day. Even though it was wet, it was a fun day. It's always good to be in the Edwards Stadium for a football game. Absolutely. Let's play in UMass last year. Speaking of something else that was fun, how about head coach Michael Edward of BYU Baseball calling the series against Santa Clara a must-sweep? Wow. And what did the Batcats do? They swept the Broncos over the weekend. They are now 6-6 six and six in West Coast Conference play. The Cougars will travel to Portland this week to play the Pilots starting on Thursday. It is a three-game series. All three games can be heard on BYU Radio. And it was the minimum amount of a sweep, you know, almost. A 2-1 win, a 6-4 win in extras, a 6-5 win, two walk-offs. Like, 
it was a tight series, and BYU got all three. Yes. It was pretty brash to call it a must-sweep series. The team responded. The guys delivered. Statement series. Maybe they needed uh, the statement to happen. 21st-ranked BYU Gymnastics took fourth at the NCAA Regional Saturday with a 196-3, the Cougars' highest regional score in program history. Congratulations. They did not advance, but the highest regional score in program history. Congrats. Shannon Hortman-Evans, how about this? On the bars, qualified for the national championships, the only gym cat to qualify, and the first Cougar in 14 years to qualify individually. Shannon will join the show tomorrow. Congratulations. Absolutely. Number two, BYU men's volleyball falls at number five, UCLA, in three sets in the final regular season match of the year. That took place on Saturday night. The Cougars will compete in the MPSF semifinal as the number one seed coming up at the Smithfield House on April 19th. For question of the day, what's your biggest takeaway from Saturday's BYU football scrimmage at USU Coug 11? Micah Simon is the real deal, or as my homie Spencer used to say, the real deal. It was nice to see the offense control the ball so well despite the weather. Excited to see the team continue to grow. And that's something that I did notice too. Like I mentioned, similar weather from last year to this year, better performance. BYU did hold out some guys, they always do this, some guys they don't want to even possibly get injured. Uh, you saw some of the backups have some nice right. play in Devin Kafusi and Christian Flau and Zach Katoa and some of these guys. But it was good to see some plays down the field, nice plays in the run game, good offensive blocking. It was really, it was really offensive themed. That's why I wanted to ask Kalani <laughs> some of the defensive questions because this has been an offensive spring ball with a new OC. Well, and I thought that of all of the, the foundation elements that – both sides really wanted to put in. I thought we saw those on display, especially on offense on Saturday. I, I was I was impressed with what we saw. All right, coming up at BYU Cougar, broke a 14-year drought on Saturday. We'll tell you who and what they accomplished in the whip. But first, quarterback Tanner Mangum, how soon will he be healthy? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming off a sweep at home over Santa Clara, the Batcats on the road this week, a three-game series at Portland. It starts Thursday night against the Pilots. All three games can be heard on BYU Radio. Jeremy and Jason live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. A reminder, if you ever miss the show at noon Eastern, no worries. Rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day, what's your biggest takeaway from Saturday's BYU football scrimmage at Jaker Kemp? That spring football, spring football, in the end, it's only there to shake off the rust. Players will need to be disciplined and put in some serious work this summer during fall camp if they want to right the wrongs of last year. I just for some reason had this this thought. Do you think instead of Jaker camp, do you think it's Jake R. camp? It is Jake R. camp, I believe. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Look, the discipline, that's something that we've talked about the entire spring. And there's no question that... There, the, the discipline is being um, put forth from the coaches. I mean, it is all about getting it right. Hopefully that's something, and you would think that it would, that that would translate into on-the-field productivity. I, I love that that's, that's being emphasized, uh, you know, to, to the T. I mean, literally inches. If things are, are off by a couple inches, they're having them do it again. I mean, that's how, that's how people learn. And this is on-the-field discipline. I think off-the-field needs to be stronger as well. Better culture, more accountability, 
Uh, and Jeff Grimes certainly uh, needs to be that guy for the, uh, for the offense. Well, it's been 156 days since Tanner Mangum tore his Achilles against Fresno State. Some thought Mangum might not be back until partway into the 2018 season. However, Mangum participated in spring ball and everything but 11-on-11. How far away is he from being 100%? Here's my conversation with him after the spring game on Saturday. All right, Tanner, spring ball in the books. Uh, I don't know what we thought you would do at the beginning of spring ball, but I, I think I saw you out there more than I expected. What did you expect? Uh, that's about what I expected. Uh, from the very beginning, Dr. Fox and the medical staff and the athletics training staff you know, told me around spring ball I'd be cleared to start throwing, um, you know, be out there jogging, running around. So, so I was happy with that, you know, better, better than nothing. Obviously, It'd be fun to go out there and play and, and do everything, but, you know, that's how it goes. Got to be patient. So, but I was happy with it. I was happy that I got to, got to be out there, and uh, I felt like I got, I got a lot better. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited to take this progress and to keep going throughout the summer. We saw the Instagram video of uh, you on a treadmill, and it's like, oh, he's running. You're out of practice. So how, how do you feel right now? I feel really good. And just like I mentioned, the, the, the medical staff, training staff have done a great job helping me out, you know, getting me on track and keeping me on schedule. Um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, excited. It's, it's, a, it's a test of patience for sure because you want to do everything, but you just got to, you know, hold it back a little bit. But uh, I feel confident in, uh, in, our, in our progress that we made as an offense. We made a, lot of, made a lot of good progress, but we still have a lot of room to grow, a lot of room for improvement. And so, it's a, you know, it's a good thing that we have a few more months before fall camp. Um, but, you know, personally... I'm excited just to keep going and just keep working and keep getting better. I imagine it's easier to stay warm on a wet day like this if you're out there playing 11 on 11, right? Yes, a lot easier. So a little bit cold, you know, standing on the sidelines. But uh, happy that we played, you know, we played clean football, no turnovers, um, took care of the ball and uh, moved, moved the ball down the field. And so despite the conditions, you know, we, 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 we uh, made the most of it. And I felt like we, uh, uh, you know, made, made some good strides today on both sides of the ball. And, and uh, that's all you can ask for. We kind of know what we get from Bo Hodge and Joe Critchlow, quality, and we saw that out here today. Zach Wilson's kind of the first public look at him. What do you think of Zach Wilson so far? Zach's a great player. Uh, you know, just, just the fact that he's you know, fresh out of high school, here playing, playing against you know, uh, you know, high-level football, he, he's, he's made a lot of good, um, good impressions this spring. So he, you know, he's, he's, he's a gr- great guy to have around. He's a, he's a nice guy, fun guy, and, and, um, and also a great player. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have him here. Amazingly, you're now a senior. Like, it feels like you were just a freshman throwing the Hail Mary at Nebraska. So what's the offseason like for you as you try and get 100% and then uh, try and be the starter in the fall? Yeah, well, your first priority is just getting healthy. And uh, I'm you know, almost there, you know, just, 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 just a few more weeks till, till I'm cleared fully. And so um, that's, that's the main thing is and just getting my legs back, getting my body right, and um, making sure that, I, that physically I'm feeling good. And so, and then, and then also mentally, making sure that I got the offense down, that I, you know, that I know what I'm doing, you know, watching film and stuff like that, so that come fall, I'm ready to just step in and and, uh, and compete. And um, you know, we're, uh, you know, it's it's obviously a, 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 a competition between us as quarterbacks, but but we get along really well. And we're, so we're going to help each other out the most, the best we can this summer to make sure that we're all ready to go. So that come fall, we're ready to go out there and compete. And regardless of who's playing, just go out there and win games. This is your third different offensive playbook. How does this one compare to the previous two? Um, it's, it's, 
I don't know, it's, it's tough to compare. Uh, there's, there's a lot of overlap between any offense, but this, this offense is it's pretty versatile. There's a lot of things you can do with it, um, a lot of different directions, different angles. and um, But I feel comfortable with it. I like it. Uh, the coaches are doing a good job of, of, of detailing everything, making sure we're, we're dialed in with, with every single tweak and every single um, you know, different play that we have. But I think it gives us a lot of options. It gives us a lot of room to, to, to be flexible and, and do a lot of different things and, and put, put different guys in different positions to succeed. Well, good luck in summer workouts. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Tanner Mangum from Saturday's spring scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, I was freezing uh, during that. I couldn't imagine what Tanner Mangum was feeling. Just <laughs> like standing he, on the yeah, sideline, like he said, sopping yeah, wet. Yeah, getting drenched and then just kind of standing there because you can't do the 11-on-11. 11 11. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the quarterback situation here. You can't keep more than three or four really good ones, generally, on a team. If, the, if, if there's a good player, he's not going to sit around as the fifth string. Okay, That's not how it works, typically. I feel like one of these guys is going to transfer at some point if he's not in the top three or whatever. I'm hoping that some of the younger guys will wait it out. Typically, this doesn't always work. Someone yeah, wants to leave. They the want culture to get on the has field. changed from guys right. wanting to wait. Right. And if you're the fifth string BYU Sports Nation host and you're not getting reps, you may go to another show. Like, it makes sense. Like, whatever, you know. And it's not just BYU. This is just right. in general. Let's assess the situation for what it is. Tanner Mangum, if he wanted, could grad transfer and play immediately somewhere else if he wanted. However, he's going to be right in the mix for starting QB here. He could be the starter. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the starter come this fall. Joe Critchlow, a guy that as of the fall I don't think was on scholarship. Could he seek a scholarship elsewhere if he doesn't get one here? Should he not be in the top three? Does he want to be third if he's third? If he cracks into the top two, that's great. If you're the backup at BYU, you're in a good spot because guess what? They Unfortunately, there have been way too many injuries to that position recently, and that guy plays like you said. Bo Hodge, a redshirt junior, has had a couple of concussions. We haven't really seen what he can do. He's right in the mix, in my opinion. Zach Wilson, is the, it's the curious case of Zach Wilson. This kid can play. Yes, he can. This kid can play. How soon will he see the field for BYU is the question. Does he need to be in the top three to still be interested, or would he redshirt? These are all questions I have that won't be answered for probably a few months. Well, and we heard when we had Kalani on in the second segment of the program, and BYU's going to add more quarterbacks to this. How mix. does Jaron Hall fit into this? I would think that you would redshirt him. You would, you would think. Fresh off a mission like two months before the season, three months. It's just very – it sounds like Tanner Mangum 2015. But you didn't want to throw Tanner Mangum in. So he had to throw some Hail Marys. Luckily, they were caught. Otherwise, that's a 7-5 and five season. Look, th- this we, – we heard from Kalani that he did probably get more clarity on the quarterback position. He wasn't obviously going to tell us, you know, the order that, that he us. looks at, at them right now. <laughs> but, you know, I think they have a pretty good idea. And this was – and you, we heard when you and Spencer were talking – with Aaron Roderick that, you know, they wanted to get down to three quarterbacks at the end of spring. I so would imagine that they're probably at that point. Who's the odd man out, though? So you have Tanner Mangum, who Aaron Roderick said he's going to be in the three. So you basically have Bo Hodge, Joe Critchlow, and Zach Wilson. Who's, who's the odd man out there? Look, that's the question. And, and wh- who's going to seek uh, an opportunity elsewhere at some point? I'm calling my shot that one of these guys is going to transfer just because they don't want to be fifth or sixth in this mix, right? I don't know who, I don't know when, but I, I imagine this could happen during the summer pre-fall camp so that they can get onto a team immediately. Yeah, I mean, there's several months between, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the show, 145 days before the first 145. game. 145. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this there's a there's enough time for this to be figured out, especially when you're adding another quarterback in, like we mentioned with Jaron Hall. That there's just not enough reps, even in practice, to Correct. go around for all of these guys. Although, and and if they have the, if they have in mind the the two or the three that they they want, then then you probably are going to know that coming in if you're Jaron Hall or or what or anybody else that would come into the program looking for an opportunity. I'm excited to see how this uh, coalesces because there's some good quarterbacks there. And I don't think that one has stuck out above the other, which you could argue is awesome. You could argue is bad as well. But I think BYU's got some capable guys in the room, and that's the good news. Yeah, you've got talent at quarterback. Now it's up to the Just, coaches to decide which guy they feel is best to run Who's it going to be? And then hopefully – that guy is healthy. That's right. Uh, a National Player of the Month for BYU Cougar. That's up in the whip. Plus, your biggest takeaways from the spring scrimmage coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Kalani Satake and Tanner Mangum. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. How about on the show tomorrow? You go one-on-one with Butch Powell. He's going to win the one-on-one unless it's basketball. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, my, money's on, uh, my money's on Butch. Plus, Shannon Hortman-Evans from Gymnastics is going to join us on the show tomorrow. It's, uh, it's all coming up tomorrow, but right now, it's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU spring football came to a close in scrimmage fashion on Saturday with Joe Critchlow going one, 9 for 12 for 130 yards and a touchdown. Zach Katoa had 86 yards rushing on 17 carries. Freshman quarterback Zach Wilson had 25-yard rushing and 29 yards passing. My Squally Canada had three rushing touchdowns at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Baseball. The Batcats moved to 6-6 six and six in West Coast Conference play with a sweep of Santa Clara in dramatic fashion. Yeah. They play on Thursday at Portland for a three-game series all on BYU Radio. Gymnastics. Number 21, Gymnastics. It's fourth with a 196.3, the team's highest regional score in program history on Saturday. Shannon Hortman-Evans qualified for the national championships on the bars. She's the first BYU Cougar to advance the nationals in 14 years. And as I mentioned, she will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Volleyball. Cougars were swept at fifth-ranked UCLA to end the regular season, but it don't matter. The Cougars have a bye in this week's MPSF quarterfinals and will host the semifinals against the lowest remaining seed on Thursday, April 19th in Provo. And Brendan Sander is March's off-the-block player of the month. Sander finished the month of March with double-digit kills and 15 aces in just six matches. Softball. Joey Softball swept Santa Clara 8-1, 13-5, 11-3 over the weekend. Cougars also swept the West Coast Conference Player and Pitcher of the Week. Libby Sugg, Player of the Week. Autumn Moffitt, Pitcher of the Week. Rugby. Men's Rugby defeated Central Washington 38-22. Their first playoff game will be this Saturday as they host number 13 Arkansas State at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at Southfield. BYU Women's Rugby tied Central Washington 19-19 on Saturday. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went 2-4 for four with an RBI as the Norfolk Tides defeated the Gwinnett. Stripers? Stripers. It's a fish. Ooh. Colton Mahoney fished one and one-third inning, giving up two hits, striking out one batter as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Gotta love minor league. I know. They lost to the Jackson Generals. Taylor Cole pitched uh, one and two-thirds, giving up two hits, two and run as the Salt Lake Bees and Triple A lost to the Albuquerque Isotopes. 
Track and Field. BYU Track and Field want to combine 13 events this weekend to take home second place at the Pepsi Invitational. Raul Rios cleared a career record 5.15 meter in the pole vault. This is a Coca-Cola school, just to be clear. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? How about Shannon Hortman Evans? Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Going to the Nationals. Going right. to Nationals. To the Nationals. Very nice. It's not the Washington The Washington Nationals. Nationals. She's she not going to be a teammate of Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. Who hates BYU, apparently. Yes, he does. <laughs> Question of the day. What is your biggest takeaway from Saturday's BYU football spring scrimmage at Mellocopter? That I'm feeling much better about the O-line and running backs than last year. Squally, Burt, Katoa, in that order. And don't forget about Ula Tolutel, yep. KJ Hall, mm-hmm. Kavika Fonua, who just pulled a Tony Finau, but worse, <laughs> I think. Gordon Hayward was what some people said. Yes. There, yeah, there's some, there's some quality there at running back as well. The offensive line is the most important position group. Save quarterback to me, though. The running back is not as important if your O-line is really good. You find someone who runs through those holes. If you can get both, now you're talking. Well, the offensive but if you line, can't block, the running back can't do squat. Yeah, the offensive line is expected to be very, very good. How about this one from at Grizzfather? Spring scrimmage in the rain stinks, but any BYU football is better than no BYU football. Also, this team is going to be good. Real good. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean going to be uh, good? Real good. A bowl game? I, that's the goal for me with this BYU football team. Win. Not, not, Minimum six win wins. Win enough to get to a bowl game. Minimum so, six wins. Six. If BYU gets to seven, I'm like, all right, sweet. The schedule's tough, man. You've heard me. I, I think it's too tough. I haven't heard your take on this. You haven't? Okay. You've heard it in the office, <laughs> let alone the show. Our elite tweeted today at CL underscore living. Uh, yeah. That it's been Mo Longy oh! that I realized since I've seen a Mo Longy tweet. He, he got playing time he on played. Saturday. Yeah, he did. He played. He was, yeah. he was big. He's still big Mo Longy despite losing 50 pounds. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason Shepard, I'm Jim. Shout out to Dustin Gabriel, former safety out of Texas. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern. Spring football in the books, baby.